almost exactly three years ago, me and my dear friend, Peter the Falcon Colosimo, we started a show. We called it 40K Stat Center. And that show, well, it wasn't really about stats. It was about something that Peter and I both really loved and for whatever reason gave a lot of meaning to us in our lives. Competitive Warhammer 40,000 of all things. And in doing that show, we were able to shed light on other people who really enjoyed competitive Warhammer 40,000. We were able to share the voices and the experiences of people from all over the world playing this game to win, and I think doing it in a fair and awesome way. And that show did pretty well. I mean, we weren't blowing the doors off, but people who liked it liked it a lot. And then the pandemic happened. And I won't lie, even if that hadn't have happened, I was getting pretty burnt out. We were covering every single event every week. And I don't know if you know about this, guys, but you really love Warhammer 40,000. There are so many more tournaments now than even when we started three years ago. And that includes a global shutdown. So it probably wouldn't have lasted anyway. So why am I talking to you about a show that hasn't existed for quite some time now? Well, we're going to try and bring it back. Now, it's not going to be the same. We're going to cut this thing way down, and the ambition is actually to make this a bit more YouTube-focused. So that means it might not be as in-depth as Stat Center used to be, and we're definitely not going to be able to cover every single GT that happens around the world. We are going to maintain our global focus. We're still going to have player interviews. We probably won't have as many. But we're going to try and bring back the show in a way that we can commit to continuing to make. Now that does mean that in these early goings, I'm going to be birdless. It's just the way it is. Sometimes life gets in the way of Warhammer, and hey, it happens. I guarantee you, you will still hear Peter's voice, though, because there's no way in hell I could write this show without him. That's another thing, actually. We're going to be leaning on a much bigger team of people and contributors to help us write this show. In fact, every single segment you're about to hear was initially authored by a different person. And then I added some dick jokes. So, yeah. 40K Stat Center, the pilot 2.0. They say you can never go home again. Well, I guess we're about to find out. Welcome to the grimmer, darker reboot of your favorite competitive 40K show, where we bring you the highlights of the weekend that was in Warhammer 40,000. I am Val Heffelfinger, the floating head of the FLGN, and this is 40K Stat Center. In case you don't know about us, each week our team will select the most interesting events taking place around the world and preview them on the Thursday show, which happens on Thursdays. Then, once the dust has settled and the results are in, 40K Stat Center will bring you the news. 
Now, before we tip off, this show is made possible by an invisible army of tournament organizers, app developers, and goons. If you want to follow along to events live each weekend or look back on the details of past events, grab a subscription from our pals at bestcoastpairings.com. If you just want to skip to the end and chase that meta dragon, head to the newly renovated 40kstats.com where you can get the top four lists from every event and get all kinds of fascinating stats taken directly from tournament results and the ITC Battles app itself. Finally, don't forget our friends at FrontlineGaming.org where not only can you find all sorts of hobby goodies for 15% off of MSRP, but you can grab tickets to some of the biggest and best events in North America like the upcoming Atlantic City Open, and the legendary Las Vegas Open, where each year we crown the ITC champion. But that's enough of that. Let's dive in, shall we? Tournament news. Hey guys, this is Nick Nanavati from Knights of the Game Table Pro, where I teach you how to become a better 40K player. And you're listening to 40K Stat Center. First up, we have the Motor City Mayhem in Detroit, Michigan, the jewel and the rusty crown of the Death or Glory Great Lakes circuit. Rising from the murky depths of the Detroit River and mutating more rapidly as a result, the latest iteration of the Toho Tyranid Monster Mash meta came chittering ashore. Mere hours before the event began, Games Workshop released an update in an attempt to stem the mindless devouring horde, but its arrival proved too late to prevent further assimilation of the competitive scene's rapidly declining biomass. Cowering before the mighty Tyranid KG were 165 players, of which 149 just ran screaming for their lives, 16 were eaten, and only 8 managed to make it to the top cut for day 3. Despite tremendous losses, some factions managed to hold out to the bitter end. Notably, Kyle Perry's Harlequins using a Blaze of Light battalion relying on mass troops, Skyweavers, and Starweavers was the only non-Tyranoid Tyranid to achieve a 6-0 record. Elsewhere in the top eight with only one loss was tyrannic war veteran Brad Chester, running a janky mix of Eldari using Hail of Doom and Masterful Shots. Joe Ramuni, running Goff Orcs is what didn't know any better and just kept crumping, ran Beastnaga Boys, Squig Hogs, and Gazzy himself. And perhaps most surprisingly, Sam Procopio and his Blood Angels taking advantage of the dense Motor City terrain got some life out of three squads of Sanguinary Guard, Chalice full of characters, and aggressors? Eradicators? Positively sanguine. After eight grueling rounds of play, it would be Charlie Andre's Double Malice Scepter, Triple Ravener List playing essentially 180 points down because he felt he needed the extra handicap of running a Harris Specs, going into Joel Wilson's Triple Malice Scepter, Triple Carnifex Slam Fest. Now, at least one of these players had an intense schedule going into the finals, with Joel having had to play the likes of former ITC champion Matt Root, current Art of War roommate Jack Harpster, current Art of War member and uh, LVO finalist Brad Chester, and former ITC winner Nick Nanavati in order just to get to that coveted top table. Could he take it all the way? Would he gas out in the final stretch? Would someone tell him that 60 plus mortal wounds is a bit much and maybe he could just back it up a smidge? Well, in the end, someone did. With the gore still dripping from his chit in his claws, here's what Motor City Mayhem winner Charlie Andre had to say about the experience. My final round opponent, um, honestly, like 
it's rare that you're able to work together in a game to have a, like a fun game especially considering the circumstances where I wasn't feeling very well. Um, and my final round opponent was just such a blessing at that point in time because I, I, I don't know if I would have been able to play if he hadn't wanted to work with me. So that was extremely important to me. Um, and then as far as the rest of the tournament goes, there was just a lot of incredible up and ups and downs. My last two games, several of my games were won on turn three with very little points. Um, I'd say one of an extremely interesting game was me and Jamie playing uh, the first round of the final eight because we had almost we had very similar lists, both Kraken, and both picked the same secondaries, the same snack food imperatives every single turn. So like, yeah, like I, I had this, he had a similar idea to me where we were just abusing the Kraken strat and we just rode that all the way. Just an all around great event and lots of great moments. Tournament news. I'm Lawrence Baker. And this is the B-Bone from Tabletop Tactics. You're listening to 40K Stat Center. Next up, spinning us around the globe all the way to Vastera, Sweden, come the results of the Games of Westeros 11, run by the legendary Rasmus Hagland. We may have been gone a while, but the Swedes, they never stopped. This was a two-day, five-round event with about 85 players with some slight wrinkles to the format. The event used two types of terrain. About half the tables used WTC style, I heard you liked ruins, so we put ruins on top of your ruins terrain, and the other 50% used Games Workshop's trademarked Branthammer tables. For those savvy BCP subscribers out there, you would have noticed that the event used a converted 20-0 system for scoring and ranked players by battle points. Check out worldteamchampionship.com to learn more about their format and also the metric system. Finally, with one extra day to chant the incantations and inscribe the scribes, this was the largest event of the weekend that immediately deployed the Tyranids FAQ. With Tyranids given the option to change or update their lists. Oddly, the soulless bioforms stared back blankly, making no changes to their approach, and instead continued forward to consume as much pickled herring and meatballs as they could fit in their slimy maws. After four rounds, there were four players at 4-0 and two players at 3-1-0, making a total of six undefeated players. Despite a 12% share of factions at the tournament, only two of them fielded Tyranids, while four other factions remained uneaten. This included a Thousand Sons army, which Thursday's show's very own Paul Murphy picked to win the entire event. Go back and watch last week's episode for the full breakdown on that one. On the top table, however, it was Jesper Unander Sharon with his High Fleet Leviathan Tyranids against Johan Norman and his Oops All Death Wing Dark Angels. The game ended with a tournament victory for Jesper and the Bugs sitting on 94 out of 100 possible battle points across the five games of the weekend. Elsewhere on the event leaderboard, one of Sweden's finest, Carl Abrahamson, fielding the Rapier's Brotherhood of the Grey Knights, finished, wait for it, second and also had a clean slate at 5-0. Other notable players and factions included Jonas Axelson and his Necrons, finishing 4-1. Yes, he ran Relentless Expansionist and Eternal Conquerors, but with some unique choices, right? And hey, it's still Necrons near a podium. Tournament news. Hey, this is Brian Pullen from Tabletop Titans and this year's SoCal Open Champion. You're listening to 40K Statson. Finally, we drop in on the Outback for some brief coverage of the ANZ Team Championships. 
featuring air conditioning and occurring for the first time in three years at the lovely Meadowy social venue. Eight states and territories of Australia sent a team of their best eight players to battle for Corn's love and affection, apparently. What's with all the eights? Queensland once again retained top spot with a 4-0-1 record, narrowly defeating Western Australia, who finished with the same record at 4-0-1, with the two top sides coming to a thrilling draw in the final round. This is the first time Western Australia has gone undefeated, and they clearly put the pandemic gears to good use, and in Queensland, their first draw in the final round since at least 2015. Past that, numerous new faces made an entrance at the top level of Australian and New Zealand competition, with even Tasmania somehow learning what Warhammer is and managing to show up at a specific time and place. That does it for this week. Make sure to tune in to the Thursday show for what's coming up next. And until then, bye-bye. Power Gaming Butt Up. Power Gaming Butt Up. Power gaming butt oh, look at my list, it's so leap. Power gaming butt deep. Power gaming butt deep. What are you going to do? I'm so fucking awesome, cause of my list. Power, 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 power gaming butt oh.